If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 167, sponsored by Manscaped. Suns fan here with Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to start it off with uh, a little bang. <laughs> I may have just eaten something that was, that was quite spicy and that gives me a uh, you know, slight indigestion. But you know what doesn't give me indigestion is Manscaped products. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code we say things. Uh, again, as we always say... They have great products, uh, not just for trimming your testicular area, as I like to call it, but they got chapstick, they got body wash, they got shampoo, they got conditioner, they got everything you may... They even have, uh, what's that thing called? Ball toner. Mm. Very important for my traveling, if I do say so myself. Uh, but yeah, if you go to manscaped.com and type in... we For say your things, net from the Try Guys? We say things promo code, you get 20% off and free shipping. Sorry, what? Oh, never mind. All okay, right. great. Uh, let's say thank you to our beautiful in Bruce tier patrons, starting with Stupid Copilot. Hello, would love my shout out name to be please sponsor Hakori. Hashtag not an ad. This was actually coming from Dota 2 Bowie. He is a patron now. Oh. I, I do want to say one thing. And we're going to get to TI invites, and we are not going to talk about snubs. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about it now. Bowie was snubbed hard. I, I don't understand how that's remotely possible. This guy is very talented. He's very hardworking, very personable. I feel like they literally just forgot. I, I have no idea. For the Spanish coverage and all that, I, I really don't understand. Uh, but that is beyond me. So sorry to everybody that got snubbed. Uh, I know what it feels like. feels fucking bad. Also, thank you to, terrible segue, to Freezy TM, Mr. Cakes, A. Scorpy, Mr. Stark, I don't feel too good about PGL's ad. What is the meaning of life? Answer me, please. Oscar Seeker, ladies night at TI or we riot. Roundy 3, Valve not paying PGL for TI only to have GGBet sponsor PGL means Valve is sponsored by GGBet. Good job, Valve, not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this not an ad thing is uh, catching on. Disco Farm D, I am once again asking to say my name, Simply Stooge, Silly Stooge, Salacious Stooge, Sadistic Stooge, Skating Stooge, Sen, Milan, Miami, The Megapope, 
And I'll let you continue, Cinderin. We say things that do not mean anything, so thanks for listening. Tia in New Zealand, San Xavier, Nate Thicko, 01 Hamscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Ivremont, I reinstalled Dota after three years to play Ability Arena, and I just love it. Also, get Seb, please. Ben Broomhead can't believe they didn't do Faceless Rex for the Arcana. How long have you not been able to believe that for by now? Endless. Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Peter, one of the most difficult English words to pronounce is... Wow. Niebling. Thank you. <laughs> Otorhinolaryngelist. Otorhinolaryngelist, oh, I think. Oh, otorhinolaryngelist. Otorhinolaryngologist, right? What does that Maybe? mean? Uh, isn't that the people that do ears, nose, and... Ear, nose, and throat. Okay, that actually does sound right. Because rhino is nose, and larin is throat. Larynx. Otor yeah. is audio. It's got to be the ears. Sure. All right. Uh, Otor, laryngologist. I don't know how much of a discussion this is, because... and. We talked about this off air. There's kind of a weird time. There's stuff that hasn't been talked about either officially or, well, officially that makes this podcast difficult to do, uh, to say the least. Uh, so we are being very careful, as you might imagine. But Cinderin and I have been invited to the international. Congratulations, Cinder. This is like the Yay. 21st, 22nd time for you, right? Well, I'm not going to count how many times I've been invited. You've stolen jobs how many times at TI? Oh, that's a lot of times, man. What can I say? Uh, I wish what I could What are you say, referring to, Shan? I'm talking about TI2. I remember I that. <laughs> uh, so right, that. I guess is... we should give a little bit of background on that, actually, now that you say it. So <laughs> sure. I don't look like a complete cunt, but only like a half cunt. So, okay, sure. I like half cunts, sure. So at TI2, after I got knocked out, I was playing with MTW at the time. Um, and Valve asked me at, at that time if I wanted to cast some games, uh, because a lot of fans enjoyed my casting back then as well, uh, that I did on the side. And I was like, sure, that sounds good. Uh, but the way it happened was that I was casting instead of Slash, who was already hired for the event. Um, and I, I accepted. I was like, yeah, I would love to cast. It would be fun. But I wanted to be okay. So I also had to talk with, or had to, this is the wrong wording. I talked to him in private as well about it. Um, and the way I remember it, he... I think it's one of those things where he accepted because I also think he was getting paid his rate regardless, but I don't know how much he actually like how do you how do you even say that? Man, that's so many years ago. Like I think he was disappointed, but he accepted that that was what Valve wanted. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I didn't like steal someone's work. You stole his job. You know, that's yeah. anyway. Uh because of you know what I preface this entire topic with, I think that's the end of the discussion. Okay, I mean we there's a lot of other people that got invited. Okay, go ahead. 
I mean, I don't think we can go over literally everyone who got invited because that's a really, really long list. It's but the longest list say, of all time. Yes. I guess what I can say is if you guys are curious about who has been invited to, to TI and also who didn't make it this year, uh, obviously everyone has their favorites and not everybody got to TI this year as usual. Uh, you can check the list of everybody who got invited by booting up the game and looking at the talent list there uh, in the is in the battle pass that you can see it. I think there's also official... Where's the official announcement with all the talents? Probably on Twitter. I think... Because I think they... They announced them one language at a time, right? Um, yeah, I'm actually trying to remember if Dota 2 tweeted or if it was just Wickram. Because I know Wickram yeah, tweeted I'm, it. Yeah, I actually don't remember that either. But I, I will say the most comprehensive list you can find is within the game. And this year, the... Um, um, the TI invites... the. There's more, there's more people, first of all, I think, than usual. And it's separated into five primary languages, right? So it's English, Chinese, Spanish, Portuguese, Brazil, and uh, Russian-Ukrainian, right? Did I, did I say five there? Sure. I think I did. So, yeah, there's a lot of people involved this time. Uh, I think in terms of, like, total amount of people working TI, this is probably the biggest one yet, if I'm not mistaken. It feels like there's a lot. It's definitely, yeah, 100%. So okay, that's that, good to see, for sure. Uh, let's segue that into the voice line and sticker drama, uh, which I am so thankful that this happened after, right after our podcast <laughs> so that we had a week to not only think about it, but also have things change so I wouldn't put my foot in my mm. mouth. Uh, so what occurred was last week Valve came out with a new, God, I hate this. I actually hate this, Cinder. I, I feel like this is something I can talk about. It's not like it's inside knowledge yeah. at all. So mm -hmm. they came out with stickers and they were attached. They've already come out with stickers with pro players, which some of them were bundled up in like groups of five or something like that. I didn't know exactly when we talked about it on the podcast, mm -hmm. of course. I don't know exactly how it worked or what the cuts would be or anything like that. And of course, keep in mind when talent are negotiating rates and, you know, being hired for TI, part of the, it's, again, I don't, trying to be very careful here. Part of the expectation when accepting certain rates is having a decent idea of what the voice line or whatever, you know, the extra thing is going to be because TI4 was the first TI I was invited to. And that was the first year they did autographs last year. They did right. voice lines for the first time. So everybody assumed that it would just be the same because we were told nothing else. Uh, then last week occurred where they came out with these stickers with, it was 49 people in the talent and everybody is sharing the same cut because it's a, it's a loot box, right? You you right. purchase something. What was it like? How much was it? Was it five bucks? Uh, I think one dollar. So let's say one dollar, and mm -hmm. you had a chance to get one of the forty nine stickers, and then past that there were rarities. Like I think four rarities. The first two yep. you only got the sticker. I think just that, mm -hmm. and then the last two, which were much rarer you would get the voice line, which was permanent. Yeah. So a lot of complaints from many people. Community, obviously, it feels bad because 
you're buying a loot, like you can't really buy who you want. And if you do want to buy who you want, you have to buy it through the marketplace, which I've talked about this before in the past. This is not like leaking anything, but none of that will go to the town. That's a hundred percent just valve. Uh, mm -hmm. So like certain people were getting like 200, $300 stickers. None of that's going to them. So on one hand there, it's a, it's kind of like a gambling thing, which we weren't notified about. So that rubbed people the wrong way, which for me, and we can talk about this for me, gambling doesn't bother me per se. I think it's two things that do bother me about that. Number one, the expectation level. Uh, we had no idea that was happening. And number two, consumer, that's really bad for our fans to support us. Really fucking bad. Uh, but luckily, they came out with a few days later, September 30th, which is now, oh, I guess it was only a couple days later, they come out with an update saying, yesterday we shipped an update which added a capsule containing talent stickers that unlocked talent voice lines. Upon doing so, fans and talent alike reached out expressing unhappiness with the product. Our intention was to create a compelling system that allowed fans to connect with their favorite talent in a different way than in previous years, and we fell short of that goal. We are sorry for that, and we intend to correct it. In order to address the issues, and after talking to some of the talent that have reached out with concerns and proposals, we're adding the option to directly purchase the talent's voice line with 50% of the revenue going exclusively to the talent. Players can purchase these voice lines directly from the talent page in the battle pass. For players that have already purchased and opened talent sticker capsules, those stickers will continue to function as before. As with voice lines unlocked via stickers, directly purchased voice lines are also used or usable permanently. Your thoughts? Yep. So that was obviously... A good yeah, <laughs> 180. So that is that is basically one to one with last year, I believe. Pretty uh, much, yeah, I think so. Everything. So I believe the price is the same as last year. I believe the cut is the same as last year. So yeah, effectively they tried something else and they got some backlash for it. And what's like if you think about it, this implementation is more or less the same as the team capsules, which didn't really catch much flack, right? Because they were segmented, like you said, into like subsets and People will try to get stickers of their favorite teams. They will trade them like a trading card game or whatever to fill out their libraries of stickers. And they know that half of it goes to the teams. I think what's fundamentally different about this is that, like, let's say there was just stickers with talent. I don't think, like, they implemented it like the teams, uh, like the teams were. I don't think anyone would have really complained. Like, then it would have just been a thing. But the thing is, the voice lines, which are really, like, one of the primary things of the battle pass for a lot of people and one of the primary things that get in the game from TI in general, um, the fact that they were loot boxed was something that was really negative. So to explain, let's say there were regular stickers for talent and then you could buy the voice line separately like you usually could. I think that would have been pretty well received. I think people who wanted to collect stickers would do that. The people that only cared about the voice lines would get that. But the thing that people found really predatory about this was that you effectively had to open, I believe your chances of getting the voice line, uh, if you did the math on it, I believe the chance of getting a specific talent's voice line was one in 1200. And that's because there's like, like you said, there were 40 something people in the talent capsule. Then you needed to roll the specific talent you wanted. And then you needed to roll the specific rarity you needed, which was, and what I think 4.5% or something. Oh, Okay, so it was at 4.5% to get any voice line then? How, what was yeah, that? Yeah, so I think the hollows are like 3 point something, and I think the golds are like 1 point something. So like compare, like, I, yeah. 
uh, or maybe it's 4% in total between the two. I'm not 100% sure, but it was like something very low chance. So people that wanted a specific voice line essentially kind of had to, you know, go to the market and get it there uh, because it's just not feasible to keep rolling until you get the right one because you would spend on average $1,200 to get the voice line you want, right? That's just not, you know. So I think what Valve were imagining was that people would open some capsules and they would trade the cards and effectively a lot of people would, you know, eventually, because there's a lot of people buying these, there would be a market of supply and demand on it. But I just think that probably the rarity that they made for these voice lines was just the wrong call. I think if the chances would have been a lot better, there wouldn't have been this outcry, right? Um, like, wow. let's say every fourth one was a hollow or every fifth. Then you kept the five dollars, right? Well, you're, you're talking about in That's addition that plus being able to buy them individually, right? Exactly. Because so, if it was still that. If it was just better odds with the same system, I think it still gets shit on. Yeah, it would still be received pretty poorly, but at least that would have been better, right? I think it was a combination of the fact I can't support the talent I want to, whose work I like the most, and I would love to have their voice line because I'm a fan, and I can't support them directly, and I can't obtain it feasibly right without paying an overprice because all of the voice lines that were on the market on day one were clearly more expensive than five dollars so just because of scarcity right so i have a, an honest question yeah. for you mm -hmm. keeping in mind that valve is very data driven not emotional mm -hmm. not emotionally attached let's say how much let's say out of a hundred percent because they, they claim that people that it was the backlash how much of the percent of the reason for changing it was backlash versus people not buying the stickers? Because I have a hard time believing those things sold well at all. There's no fucking way. The whole idea is weird. Somebody at Valve is mm -hmm. just pushing these stickers. And I, again, I, I've said this in the past. I could be totally wrong. And I'm just like out of my, not out of my element, but maybe it's just not catered to my taste, but I'm in the minority. I feel like that's not true, though. Who gives a shit about I, stickers? I would imagine that based on this, the experience they had with the player capsules, because they had time to look at how well they sold, right? <clears throat> they probably had the expectation that there would be parity with that. And then based on that, that it might be better than previous years of uh, direct voice line sales for talent. But again, they're the ones with the data. I don't know. And sometimes when you implement new systems like this, you also test them, right? Like they might have had an expectation, but not had the data yet. And then, like you said, based on what happened day number one in the backlash, but keep in mind, they didn't take out the capsules, right? They're still there. So I yeah. think they're still, you know, you can choose to go that route if you want to collect the stickers. And if you hope you're getting lucky and getting a, a hollow or a gold card, I mean, realistically speaking, just buy the voice line that you want instead of rolling for it, because the odds are not in your favor um, for that. But if you do care about the stickers and the quality of them, then that's still obviously the only way to obtain them. You can't just be like, hey, I just want this one hollow or this gold card, buy it in the game. You're either rolling or you're buying it on the marketplace if you're a collector of that stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think it's probably fair to say that most people care way more about the voice lines on average than they care about the stickers, right? So with that in mind, I think it's only reasonable that people can buy the voice lines directly and support the talent that they want. So um, yeah. That's basically it. I, I genuinely don't know how well this performed compared to last year. There's no way for me to know. Uh, I also don't know how well they performed compared to CSGO. I would imagine the CSGO stickers do significantly better 
because of the implementation in the game. That's what we talked about last week, I think, right? That it would be nice if the stickers could somehow be a part of the base or be on your hero physically in the game or something. Well, so I, I think like an implementation of that. I, I don't think that's possible. I think it's just a yeah, game limitation. Enough. Like it might be. Like, I, I mean, I you can make, what like are they called, the, the effigies in the base, right? I think you could definitely make a way of implementing stickers onto the effigies or something. Like, it's a matter of wanting to, right? But they probably think it's not worth it. Um, effigies. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, th there's a reason they didn't upkeep effigies in Source 2. Like, aren't yeah, they... Maybe. They haven't been updated in God knows how many years. Like, mm. anyway, I... Yeah, this this whole thing was a bit. It was kind of a roller coaster. Uh, it was very weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this again, like prefacing everything from the start. This whole year is kind of weird, which maybe we can talk about at some point. Next weird thing on the list: uh, JMR Luna of the OG uh, Monkey Business podcast. He, I don't know. If he actually sourced anything, but he heard that mm. there will not be a true site this year. And the reaction from like Seb and No-Tail, especially Seb, obviously quite negative. Do you think that that is a possibility? Do you think it matters? Do you think that means anything? Um, Your reaction. Okay, so... Again, I think, this is not confirmed at all. Right, this is just a rumor. Uh, and that obviously means that it could either be untrue or that it could change. But either way, like let's operate under the suggestion or the idea that they don't make TrueSight next year. There's a couple of possible reasons for that. Uh, many things in Dota, or at least multiple things in Dota, are, I think, for example, like TI, uh, there's a subset of people at Valve that are passionate about this project and are running it. Um, and as is the case with a lot of things, a passion is not something that is necessarily forever on something you like. I'm sure everybody recognizes that from themselves. You're in love with something for X weeks, X months, X years, and eventually you're looking for something new and want to do something else. Peace be with that. If that's, if that's the case with TI, for example, that was what we were talking about, I think, a couple of weeks ago. If Valve are losing a little bit of the fire that they have for TI, peace be with that. They shouldn't stop running TI. They should get other people to pick up the pieces and run it and out, effectively outsource it to the degree that they need to in order for it to exist uh, and then have a little bit less hands-on. But still, you know, maybe control certain things like the battle pass and stuff. I am <clears throat> um, thinking it's possibly something similar with this. If this rumor is true, that whoever is running the prior uh, the primary parts of organizing and setting everything up with uh, TrueSight, perhaps they are not interested in doing the project anymore. They've done it for a few years now. Maybe they have new things they aspire to do and nobody is willing to pick it up. Um, at that point, as Valve, you can choose, okay, do we hire uh, outside? Because I believe the majority of what has been run, I, this could be untrue, but I believe at least the majority of the uh, initiative of this comes from within Valve. Um, somebody, a couple of people that are really into video creation and content creation that wanted to do this. Um, if they are doing something else, maybe they don't work for Valve anymore, maybe they work on another project, whatever it is. Are you going to hire outside video producers to make TI for you? Is it going to be the same vibe? Is it going to be the same feel? Do you think it's going to represent it the way that you want? Uh, that's one concern. The other one is, is it worth it? Which I think is also very possibly likely here that 
you've run this uh, true site for some years. It's very expensive to make a production like this. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of manpower and it takes a lot of setup, uh, a lot of preparation. Um, so considering Valve's generally hands-off approach when it comes to marketing and advertising the game, this is like, like we talked about last week, this is one of the closest things they have to advertising Dota. And if they feel like it doesn't have enough of an impact and it's really expensive, then from a business standpoint, like maybe it's not <clears> worth <throat> running it. And we obviously want them to continue doing things like this because it makes our game look good and it promotes things. And, you know, it's part of the life of the game. Yeah. But um, well, I, I think from my side, in a vacuum alone, I don't think this is a big deal if it's true. Mm hmm. But when you add on everything that has happened this last year, I think being concerned is a fucking understatement how, how I feel. And I know that a lot of talent feel the same way as me. A lot of community members that aren't casters feel the same. Like this, what is a more apt word? Because disturbing is more scary. Mm. I guess maybe it is disturbing, but concerning. I think it's the best. There's got to be a strong concerning. Well, yeah, anyway, maybe. Uh, again, some stuff we can't talk about currently. Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like this, uh, just things that feel like there's a lack of care to Dota lately. It feels like there has been a shift. I think there's no fucking question about that. There's been some sort of a shift. Uh, and then even things that uh, I know that there's a. Be careful again. There's news coming out after TI from, let's just say, a third party, not directly related to Valve at all, but once it's announced, it's going to make some waves as well. Uh, the pitchforks will be out, most likely. Uh, it's, it's just like domino after domino after domino. Like The stickers thing, like that happened at TI4 pretty much, right? In a way. I mean, it's different scenario, but kind of the same idea where they're introducing something kind of new and it's very obvious to us. Like if they had just talked to us, just like mm -hmm. with the stickers, could have avoided everything to begin with. Like I consider Valve to be like the smartest people, but obviously the bottom line is very important. But like the sticker thing, to me, that's common sense. Obviously that's not going to be uh, received well. Like, is that not common sense? Like, I don't know how it could be any more plain to see. So yeah, I, I mean, that, I that's what I was saying. I feel like I feel like the sticker implementation, if the voice lines weren't a part of it, nobody would have batted an eye, right? Like that's what I mean. I think the two individual parts that we have with the capsule and with the voice lines, if they were separated from the start, I think that would have been a a fine implementation. But probably, like you said, with bottom line, they might have data that suggests that if you put the voice lines into these capsules, it makes more money. And I do think that is true, probably overall. Um, you said you aren't sure how well the capsule sold. I think over the lifespan of all of TI, and if some voice lines become really popular and are really good, I think a lot of people will want to hunt for them. But it's just like, again, for me, that's where the probability element comes in, where it's like, is it really fair to gate them at that price, right, for supporting talent, right? Because, like, obviously the talent are really happy to get extra pay from TI, right? Whether it's via a capsule or via direct uh, purchases. Obviously, 
some talent are way more against the capsule concept than others are. Like you said, you don't care too much about the element of a capsule. I personally don't care about it too much either. But what I do care about is that if people like obviously the odds are there for everyone to see, right? I think you can that at least that's a legal requirement in a lot of countries, right? That you have to be able to see what your chances of getting things are. Uh, that's one thing, but I think for me the problem was just the chances themselves, uh, more so than not being able to support me directly. But I'm not the I'm not sure I'm in the majority on that part. Um, and I just think this implementation is better. So because then people can choose what they want, and I mean it, it kind of ties in with you know the development of the workshop in general, where people used to be able to you know buy the set they want and get that, and now everything is in chests, right? So you have to roll, yeah, and the difference between chests and this was that the stuff was at least marketable because a lot of the chests are untradeable and unmarketable, which is why people, you know, they're like, there's a chest and you're like, oh, three out of these 10 sets I really like and I really want. Well, then on average, you're opening more than three chests to get them. So in terms of like profit, there's more there. Um, and that's the development that the market workshop has had, which I have no doubt in my mind that that's more profitable, but then it's about, is that the right thing to do for your customers? Or could you find like a balance at least where some yeah, just, in between. I, I want to remind people, I did see a couple people chatting about it, and I maybe, because it's kind of a short episode, TI4 chess, just to remind, this is what happened. We've talked about it many times, but mm -hmm. uh, it was the introduction of autographs for the first time, and I think people, I think you spent a dollar and 50 cents, I forget what the numbers were, but you get half of it. Something some, like that. Something like that. Yeah. It was the first time ever being implemented, and the way that it was set up, I can't remember the original way because it was worse, but the way it ended up still kind of fucked some of us, including me and I assume you. Let's say, I'm just putting out a random number here. Let's say somebody is offered to work TI for $13,000. Let's say they make $8,000 off of voice, or not voice line, autographs, okay? They would still be paid $13,000. They were guaranteed up to a certain point that Valve would pay. So technically, Valve would have paid 5K in that difference, right? Because 8K is coming from the community and 5K from Valve. For people like me, I made more than the minimum. I think you did too. So TI4... I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. I okay. don't remember though. Okay, well, I, I don't like, think so. I was among several people that made more than Slightly. the minimum. So what that means is the community literally paid my entire paycheck at TI which is fucking weird if you think about it, right? Yeah, so that was also changed. Yes, that's, again, that was only for one year, but mm -hmm. that was a big drama back then. And I remember it vividly because me being angry about it may have uh, hurt me career-wise, but impossible to say. Okay. Yeah. I think it was first publicized by Too Good, right? After Shanghai Major, when he wrote his manifesto or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, I think that was the at least the most openly presented version of that uh, instance. So, yeah, I don't think that was a good implementation either. Um, but yeah, to to get back on topic about the whole uh, true sight and the vibe, um, I think so. What I'm what I'm gathering is that a lot of people and I us included, right, we're a bit concerned about how how it feels like Dota's trajectory is based on i'm not going to like say every specific but you know like you said it's just kind of a vibe that you've been getting over the last year that 
maybe it's not getting the same attention that it used to or the same love and the same care for the game. Uh, like I said, it's how long has it been now? It's been 11 years, right? But we want it to go on forever, right? We want this to be an amazing game and continue, you know, getting the same attention. But at the same time, maybe, you know, maybe it's unrealistic. Maybe it's a pipe dream that it's going to be there forever. Um, and maybe some of the people that have been really influential and really important to the flow and the development of the game have moved on. Either they're not with Valve anymore or they've changed projects or something like that. And you're going to see the ripples in the water over time uh, when, when really crucial people leave. It's the same for other games, uh, game studios, etc. So I want to be hopeful that this is a temporary thing or that our feel is just off or that COVID messed things up or whatever it is. Um, but it is kind of a vibe that a lot of talent and I think a lot of the community is having that Dota is not the number one priority for the same people that it used to be. Um, and if that's the case, we just hope it doesn't end up on live support, right? Like that's what we're trying to avoid here is that, okay, if some of the people that really spent a lot of time and effort on Dota aren't on it anymore, hopefully others want to step up to the plate or you need to start outsourcing a little bit. Cause it feels like it would be a shame if you just like, some doomsayers in the community are like, oh, this is what happened to TF2. That's where we're headed. I don't think it's that bad, okay? Like, take it easy, guys. It's still, Dota's still a really big game. And we're still getting a lot of, you know, updates or content, just not to the same extent that we used to, it feels like. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but that's I, the vibe. I wish I could add more stuff, Zindarin. Mm -hmm. But maybe after TI, we can talk more, I guess. Yeah. Um... um but yeah, it's it's been it's been a weird year. I I wish I shared your optimism, but you know me, negative Nancy here. Not oh, I don't know vibe. how optimistic I am. I'm just saying it's not TF2. You're hopeful. Like some people well, are sure. at that level. I don't think we're there. Where, of course, because the game's too big for it, right? Um, but like, let let's say let's say certain people or like I don't know, maybe a subset of people that were working on Dota a lot or whatever or doing other things, then I think it's probably not realistic to think that you're just going to replace them one-to-one, -one, right? And then the game will just flow the same and you're going to get others that do it. But hopefully you don't just like, you're not just like, oh, okay, these people that did a lot for Dota and did other stuff, too bad. Let's see how it goes-ish. Um, and again, I more than anything, I honestly, I hope I'm just wrong about the vibe here and that I it's think it's a transition period and it takes time, but right. I, I think the big potential, this is the hopeful turning point after TI that there is a giant patch with terrain changes, actual terrain changes, not like tweaks. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't happen, <laughs> we're that's scary, scary fucking business. I mean, I'm acting scared because it's literally, I mean, you guys follow a lot of us. These, this is our livelihood. We have legitimately dedicated our entire lives to this shit. So it's scary when the entity that controls everything is feeling kind of unstable in a way, you know, or you can't see what they're trying to even do. So it's, it's weird. Okay, on to a happier note. SAP segment's back. 
<laughs> yeah, there we go. SAP back in the house. Uh, we Savior are gonna be, of the episode. We are going to be doing some questions for ourselves again, but we're going to be doing it a little differently. It's all going to be TI related. Uh, and same with the questions towards the community. So I'll ask my question first. Guess what it's about? Okay. Guess what it's about. Yeah. Guess. Mm -hmm. TI. Agonims? I'm going to say, oh, which one is it? Or Scepter. Shards. It's neither. I got a real oh. question for you. No way. I do. All right. For all the TIs being tracked, Tiny and Io are the most contested heroes of all time. Okay? Mm -hmm. Which of the following heroes, it's only one of them, is not yeah. in the top five with those two? Okay. Wait, which of the following what? So I'm getting a 50-50? You're no, going to be... Three options? I'm giving you four options. Oh, three yeah, I'm of stupid. Them. Yep, go ahead. Okay, three of them are three, four, and five. Yeah. Storm okay. Spirit, Enchantress, Weaver, Marana. Oh, okay. So now we need to think TI history. This is contested. So Tiny, just to give you an idea, 78%. So Yes, pick and ban. So Tiny is 78%, which is crazy. Io wow. is 69, which is nice. Nice. So, so who do you say? Weaver, Marana? Storm Spirit, Storm. Enchantress, Weaver, Marana. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Weaver is in the top five because he's been out since ages ago. It's, just, it's not just percentage, right? It's total amounts of picks and bans, right? Uh... That's because a good then, question. I mean, based on my list, the time it's frame both. doesn't matter. Based on my list, it's both. Okay. I am going to say Storm Spirit. Congratulations, Hello? Cinder, and you got it correct. I don't know if you can hear my clapping. Oh, my mic Hello? is so good. It probably. Oh, I couldn't hear you clapping. I was like, did I lag out? <laughs> It was like, I gave an answer and you said nothing for five seconds. Like, is this good Correct. or bad? <laughs> so yes. Enchantress was third, Weaver fourth, Marana fifth, Storm was seventh. So he's still up there oh, at 42%. Right. Congratulations. Bulba accounts for like 30 of those, actually. Yeah, I was hoping you'd fall for that red herring, but not today. <laughs> uh, we might be tied on. I, I've lost track of how we terrible are. we are. I was one behind. I think we both have three correct right. answers now out of like 30. So give me, pretty good. Give me back up then. All right. Uh, which of the following is not in the top 10 <laughs> TI total hero kills of all time? Total is hero kills. Yeah. So not in the top 10. Just, who is not in the top 10 of these players of getting just kills at TI oh, in it's general? A, it's players. Okay. It's players, yeah. Okay. Is it A, Dendi, B, Mushi, C, S4, or D, Ice, Ice, Ice? One of them is not in top 10 total kills at TI. I hate you. All right, let me write these down. We got Dendi, Mushi, S4, and Ice, Ice, Ice. Ice 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 has been like every TI. I'm going to rule him out. S4 has been to a lot. Dendi hasn't been back in a while. Mushi. Hmm. I'm going to... I hate myself. I'm going to say Dendi. You're saying Dendi? I'm saying Dendi. 
Wow, this is the first episode. We both got it right, Dan. Yes! Let's go. Sorry, Dendi. Amazing. You're, you're a great person, great player, of course. I'm very sorry for betting against you, but yes! God, I'm good. I mean, it's not like a tragedy, not being in the top I'm so 10. Sorry, that, that I'm so sorry, Denny. I'm so sorry. Wow. It's kind of crazy, right? He was in three TI finals in a row. Yeah. But he's not in the top 10 anymore. Well, uh, I don't, has he been back to TI since TI5? Is he played question. TI6 as well. Oh, did he Navi, play? right? Oh, okay. Did he? I don't remember. Maybe he didn't, actually. Shit, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, Dendi is 12th. Mushi is 10th. Isis is 8th, and S4 is actually 5th. I was surprised by that one. I know he's played a lot of TIs, but... Who's 1st? Uh, I don't know if I want to tell you that. I might use that for a question later. Okay. That's fine. Should I just tell you so I can't use it as a question? I'll, I won't remember. <laughs> That's, you will remember. Okay, what is it? But, Too curious. Uh, I, it's Samael. Really? Yeah. He's so young. Wow. I believe it is. If I'm not mistaken, it is Samael. Wow, I would not have guessed that actually. So he played every TI player. since TI five, right? That is Until true. Until this year. That is true. So he played five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and a lot of the runs were really deep. He yeah. won one, he got top three twice, I think, or something. Yeah, he got and he, like top yeah. six last year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. I, I think Samel was number one. Okay. Uh so thanks to the community for asking some questions about TI stats in the comments today. Instead of answering last episode's question, because there was none, <laughs> uh, some right. basic facts about the data we have, or SAP has, for TI-1 through TI-10, excluding qualifiers. 81 teams have participated at TI, aka organizations. 382 players, 1,659 matches. And the first TI question from the community comes from Michael Reynolds, who originally asked which TI had the longest average game length. But we're going to rephrase it and say, how long is the average game length of the TI with the longest average game length? What? Bonus, which TI was it? Can you what? explain this? <laughs> how All right, long, can you read it, read, it, read it again? How long is the average game length of the TI with the longest average game length? Okay, I get it now. That's really not that complicated. So <laughs> TI4, I'm going to say definitely not. Yeah. Well... No, no, there's no way. No chance. It was only really the final two days that started being this pushing shit that lasted 25-minute games. Okay. There were a lot of really long games at TI4. All right, so during if groups, you want to answer race. in the comments, yeah. uh, make sure to format your answer as in hashtag SAP Esports, then the time of how long you think the game was, the games were, and then which TI it was. Okay, so hashtag SAP Esports, time, mm -hmm. TI, something. Uh, so average game length of the TI with the longest average game length. Uh, I'm going to say, you think it's an it earlier one? TI2. I feel like it's an earlier one. It's not TI1. TI3 also had a lot of long games. Ooh, it had like these lone druid games. It had PL games. But it also, the finals also had four stomps, but Cinderin, that's not like indicative, right? You played a TI1, right? Yes. Just checking because I couldn't remember if you did. Uh, how long were the games? You have inside knowledge here. Because I remember Spectre Anti Mage every single game, literally, 
yeah. or Tinker. The thing about TI1 was that I think among all TIs, it was probably the TI with the biggest skill difference between teams. So yes. a lot of okay. games were really quick for that reason. All right. Like Navi were trashing teams, completely running them over. Um, so were Ehome. So uh, I don't think it's TI1. I think it's TI2 or 3, or maybe even 4, despite the last two days. But I don't think so. I think that'll pull the average down too much. Was TI5 long games? I don't remember any of this. Okay, I'm going to say TI2. And I will say the average game length of TI2 was... Forty-seven minutes. Forty-seven? Okay, I'll say TI3 average game was 42 minutes. It's always 42, isn't it? That's right. Uh, all right. So, again, thanks to SAP for being a part of this uh, segment. If you want to work with Cutting Edge Tech, SAP has plenty. Check out SAP's various open positions in sales, development, and technology, and consulting at jobs.sap.com or by clicking the link in the description below. 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 All right. And the final topic, uh, we could probably do some Patreon mailbox, mailbag questions as well. Uh, Ability Arena. <laughs> hey, I got a lot of comments oh. that people didn't mind. They like, please That's get good. rid of the NBA segment and replace it with this, uh, which we have today, I guess. Ability Arena 1.5 patch has come out, Cinderin. Uh, we have surprised people, hopefully, with two new free gods. We've removed Pudge because everybody hated him. And we've put in the Boomer from Left 4 Dead, so a new universe, Valve IP, easy to use. Yeah. And Bloodseeker, would you like to know what they do? Or would you like to tell me what they do? Because you can read I it. I can tell you what they do. Yes. So the Boomer has a passive which does when... Okay, that was really bad English. When your units die... Hey, wait, hold, on, hold, heroes... on, hold on, hold on. You need to say the name of the spell. It's very important. Okay, it's called Bile Explosion. Thank you. And the logo for it is Anthrax. Thank you, Shannon. Okay, yep. so uh, it's a passive. When your heroes on the board die, they deal damage equal to 20% of the damage they have taken. Um, right. So having tanky units will deal more damage, obviously, when they die. And in addition to that, they leave a puddle on the ground that lasts 5 seconds and 350 radius, where it gives 20% damage amp to all your other units. Uh, and it stacks. That's right. So here's the play, Shannon. You put four boys in the front that are big, and yeah. then you have one guy in the back that deals a shitload of magic damage, and you do this perfectly timed combo where all your big boys die, and then your backline guy cleans up in one spell. That's right, Cinderin. That well, is not good. It's okay. a little hard to accomplish, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've played... A, I mean, do you play this game at all, Cinderin? I do. Okay. Well, you haven't played the Boomer yet, right? I've not played the Boomer. I mean, this, this is also very new, right? This god, yeah, it came out today. This god is very fun. I love tanky builds, of course, but it seems to, across the board, everybody finds this god very fun, uh, which I'm glad, because you can do a lot of cool strategies that you couldn't before. Like, you mentioned four frontliners. That is potentially a thing. Like, I think people have one to two frontliners normally. This changes the way that works completely, right? Centaur focuses on one unit, Boomer, you can put on as many units as you want. You can also have somebody blinking in to sacrifice themselves to give that debuff, right? Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I've done that and it works really well. So I, I'm very happy with how the god has felt so far. 
Uh, and the second god that's been released, again, both of these are free gods, Cinderin, believe it or not. Free! Second oh, am god. I explaining it again? Yes, okay. thank you. Yeah, so the second one is Blood Frenzy, which is Bloodseeker's spell. You, you put this on a unit on your team, and then whenever another allied hero dies, the unit that you selected gets 30 attack speed and 15% lifesteal. That's right. So... Uh, effectively, in the later portions of the game, when you have five units, if their Blood Frenzied unit survives as the last one, it will have 120 attack speed and 60% lifesteal. That's right. Um, so, very... And this is only physical lifesteal, right? No spell lifesteal? Correct. So, this is for a physical build, essentially. Or at least your physical character. So, there seems to be... I, I want to call it a bit of a misconception that spell casting was far more powerful which mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit more than we were experiencing in the internal beta because we got a bunch of gods that aren't released yet. Uh, but like right-clicking is definitely viable. It has been. I do it literally every game, and I win almost every single game. Uh, of course, I've played for a year. Okay, humble. Yep, humble brag there. Uh, just got immortal <laughs> today, by the way. Uh, oh, nice, nice. But yeah, Bloodseeker, it, I felt like from the gods that we released initially for the first season, there was a little bit of a... I don't know if misbalance is the right word, but maybe too many spell casting and not enough right-clicky. So this kind of provides that with a cool little twist uh, of making sure that, you know, you want that guy to be the last one alive, right? So positioning is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also added a few new spells. We got rid of Dragon's Blood, got rid of Lucent Beam, and we got rid of Boundless Strike. Now we is get... that how you're always going to do it? That you're going to remove spells to put in new ones? Or will the pool be bigger at some point? That is a good question. Uh, if you want me to be transparent, uh, originally it was just going to be subbing in and out stuff because we were mm. pretty happy with 150 spells and 50 being banned. Right. But I am open to experimentation having like 175 spells and 75 get banned. I don't... Does that make okay. games too unpredict? I don't know. It allows you to re-implement Chaotic Offering. It's in. It's back in. Is it? Yeah, I put it back in. We oh. fixed the AI. The AI is fixed. So anyway, the new spells, uh, those three were getting gotten rid of. We got Flesh Heap in the game. Obviously, it works not like in Dota because it would be too OP, but essentially, uh, it works the same way that Glaives do. So until you get, when you get super, that's when it starts counting the strength. It's still really good. The damage block alone right. is crazy good. The Gaben gives you Giant's Ring, which is hilarious. Uh, okay. Blood Rage, kind of standard. It's just normal Blood Rage from Dota, very high attack speed uh, at the cost of HP, along with Spell Amp. Uh, the Super yep. allows you to cast it on an ally as well for free uh, for half, you know, effects. And the Gaben is Blood Bloodseeker Shard, which is the pure percent damage. And then Astral Spirit, very. I love this spell. Holy shit! Uh, we don't have that much like raw damage in the game, so this is like really helpful, but. Astral Spirit, we had to nerf this one too because it's crazy. Uh, so after like a small delay, it tries to get the Astral Spirit on all the heroes and then comes back and you just gain a shit ton of damage. So the super just gives you more of it. And the Gaben is Elder Titan Aghanim Scepter, which is the uh, magic immunity once it's back. So at the end of the game, it's a right. 10 second BKB, but delayed, obviously. It's still really good. Uh, in addition to that, we fixed a bunch of AI stuff. So fo Focus Fire should work. Uh... The Chaotic Offering, like you mentioned, had some weird AI with a bunch of other spells with similar stuff, so that's done, that's fixed. There's a ready button that nobody is using for some reason. It's only in the first round. If you ready up, 
it'll skip the rest of the timer and just go straight to battle. We got a lot of complaints about that. So make sure people, right. your friends know. Uh, we implemented new damage uh, UI and it shows damage dealt as well in a different tab and healing amount in another tab. So I think in terms of just like the UI that you're looking at in game, it's like all fully polished now, I think. It also shows damage received, right? Yes, damage received is the second tab. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a lot of balance stuff that I'm not going to get into, uh, but you can, I'll put the link in the description if you want to read. I actually don't know if people care about the dev blogs. I, I, I find it fun to write, like, obviously there's a big change log, but I like writing these, these, these dev vlogs that just talk about why we're doing stuff. I don't know if people care about it. So, uh, it's hard to gauge, you know, it's your, uh, it's your online diary, Shannon. It kind of is. It feels it feels therapeutic almost. So I enjoy doing mm -hmm. it. So I'll probably continue doing it. Do it for yourself. And if people like it, that's good. Right. Uh, I guess a small couple other things for monetization. Uh, you're getting double the gold now that you used to because we miscalculated how much you should be getting. And we've changed the way that you get the recycling system is not the greatest advertised. But what would happen is before you would open a chest, you'd get a duplicate god, right? And that'll give you like a small refund, like a 25% gold refund, and then it'll add a tick to this thing. And mm -hmm. once you hit 10, you get a golden version of that card. Problem with that is, which I haven't seen one golden card yet. Problem with that is like free gods don't drop from chests. So you would never get this. Mm -hmm. So we changed it to be one out of 100. Uh, and of course, anybody that had like five out of 10 or something, we just put them at 50 out of 100. Uh, every time you get a duplicate, it adds five points. And then every time you get top four with that god, it adds one point. So it's like a progression okay. system almost. Right. So I think people will enjoy that a bit. Uh, yep. And yeah, that's about it. So we're going to be working on season two now and obviously still balance the stuff, some more stuff this season. And yeah, that's about it. So hopefully people enjoy the update. Don't expect two free gods every fucking month. This was uh, probably a one-time thing. <laughs> Run out of gods now. My goodness. Just using everything on the backlog. Uh, okay. And with that, let's do a Patreon mailbag question. Sarah. Wait, I just realized you did not rebalance Gambler or Alchemist. No, Gambler got... Right. No, Gambler was not changed. That's true, but... Uh, Alchemist got a tweak, small buff. Oh, in this patch or last patch? This patch. The the so the thing I oh, linked is my that? dev blog, and then in the dev blog at the beginning, I link the actual change logs, which are very large. Oh, I see. Okay. So you know there were maybe I can go over a couple things. I don't know. Oh, uh, I see it now. Yeah, that's pretty long. Yeah, some of the gods were tweaked a bit, and. Okay, I'll just talk about this. Some of the stuff that we changed, obviously we made the stuff that was way too strong, just nerfed it like Eye of the Storm was crazy. Pulse Nova was crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an issue where we didn't have enough true strike in the game, so we added MKB as part of Searing Arrows super. Uh, Sleight of Fist super now gives you Deso and true strike, so now there's some options to, mm -hmm. go, to go through evasion. Uh, and other than that, it was like, and we had some weird changes that we're kind of experimenting with. Like, I think Overload is going to be crazy now. So, the, okay, I'll talk about Overload and then we'll move on. I get excited with my own game. Sorry. 
so overload, the problem with overload, Cinderin, is the mm -hmm. AI doesn't know. So the reason it's good is first of all, it's on Storm Spirit, right? Use mm -hmm. your ult at any point and it just procs it. So what you want to do in Dota is cast a spell, which is your ult or your Q or your W, whatever, and then attack, right? You don't want to yeah. do two things and then attack because you're not going to get the full damage. Problem is the AI doesn't know that, right? And it's hard to implement something mm. that doesn't feel bad. So what we did is we stacked it. We lowered the damage and all that, but if you're casting like two spells, it'll just add on top of what the, the damage should be. And then when you attack, uh, it releases of all of it, right? Yeah. So I've played around with it. It is really fucking good now. Really yeah. good. Maybe too good. We'll see. That sounds like a smart way of solving it. Thank you. That's good. That was my idea, Cinder. Thank you so yeah. much. Not Jenkins. You're that was very me. welcome. Thank you. I'm, I take everything back. All right, great. Okay, uh, Patreon mailbag question from Stomach. Just had to make sure that was the right name. What would it actually take, in your opinions, for TI to be held in New Zealand? Uh, Can we move New Zealand? Because then <laughs> I think it, it would be fine. What would it take? <laughs> well, I, I think it's a pretty clear answer. I think Gabe would just say, I want it in New Zealand. And I think it would be in New Zealand <laughs> pretty easily, actually. Yeah. And I think that is the only thing <laughs> that would make that work. It's I mean, pretty clear awesome. that Gabe and maybe more Valve, I don't know, but are very fond of New Zealand, right? It was during COVID. He got, did he get stuck there or was it by choice? I think he kind of got stuck, right? I think initially he got stuck oh, and then he it? made kind of like a second home there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he really likes New Zealand. So, I mean, there's some obvious downsides to New Zealand as the location for TI, right? So let's think of it in that sense. Like, what would, what would you need to overcome? So the location is really fucking far away for a lot of, from a lot of things. So overall travel time, it's just more complicated than hosting it anywhere else, basically. I think New Zealand will have the longest average travel time for participants or TI. It's just so isolated and so far away. Um, aside from that, I think New Zealand, especially during COVID, was pretty tight with immigration, right? Um, yep. But if that problem is gone, yeah, like let's, let's say it's only gone. the location. Let's assume location is the only downside. Because I think in terms of like infrastructure, in terms of what the country has to offer, etc., I think it's like, I think it's a location that a lot of players would actually enjoy. So they might be able to, you know, they might accept or, I mean, every player will go anywhere to play TI. Okay, they're not going to be like, nah, I'm not going because it's in New Zealand. Like, that's not how it's going to be. So uh, I think that one downside of the location being so far away, uh, if everything else about it is good, I don't see a problem. I think if we have, like, great infrastructure, a good arena that's available, uh, accommodation and everything, I think all it takes is, like you said, uh, for Valve to think it's a good idea because ultimately they choose the location, right? It's just Gabe, um, Cinderin. Let's be real. I guess you don't okay, think he I says guess one more yes. downside about this when it comes to like fan bases, you want you obviously you want a sold out stadium and you want fans to show up. Um, I guess New Zealand is a little bit of a downside in that regard. I think they do have some big stadiums, right? But I don't know how big Dota is there. And if the players need to travel far, then so do the fans. So um, maybe that is a bit of a downside too, but I, I think people are going to show up anyway, to be honest. 
Of course. Even if it's in New Zealand. So I mean, chat's yeah. making a good point that it's, I don't know exactly what the time zone is, but they're saying it's a very bad time zone for viewership. Well, isn't every country bad time zone for viewership for other regions? I mean, what are, the, what are considered the best regions to get viewership? It's NA and Western Europe, right? I would assume. Like, in terms of AdSense, I can only speak on that from, like, a YouTube perspective. Yeah, so, but Although for Australia TI, it's different, is right? very high. Actually, yeah. the number one, if I remember right. What's the, what's the time in New Zealand compared to Singapore? Is it, like, plus two or something? It's not, like, that far off, is it? Maybe I, it's actually more. I don't know. Couldn't tell I'm you, Cinder. Yeah, right go now. Google it. That's good. Okay, so the current time in New Zealand is Danish time plus 11. And the time in Zing... Okay, that is a crazy difference. Wow. Hang on. It's a five-hour difference. Holy shit, I did not think so. Okay. So, that means if the games are in the morning at 10, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be ideal, would it now? What time would that be... In U.S. time, if you don't mind. In, okay, the so let's say US New East, Zealand say. time to Eastern. What is it your Eastern time is called? EST? East, EST. So 10 a.m. Uh, New Zealand plus time. Plus 17. Is that 5 p.m.? So when it's... Hang on. When it's 5.30 in the U.S. or in Eastern Standard Time, it is... 10 or it's 10 30 p.m in new zealand uh tim give me 10 a.m new zealand i can't do this is that 5 a.m okay. eastern then it's only 12 hours that was uh 10 in the morning in new zealand is five in the afternoon in the u.s that's amazing that's fucking incredible time what of course promise yeah, it's, nobody it's a good from, time for the u.s but nobody watches dota in the u.s right <laughs> That's kind of the issue. Yeah. So you're so you're plus seven from New Zealand. Five Eastern is Eastern, an Eastern amazing is. time for yeah. Yeah. But it's great for US. Then you go into but the by extension, if it's good time in the US, it's terrible in Europe. Yeah. Um, and that was the benefit of having TI in when we had it in the US for those regions, right? I mean, it's always going to be at the expense of someone. You can't have one a good time for every region. But yeah. when TI was in the morning and at noon in the US, the viewership was really good for Europe. Honestly, if the game TI would start at 10. in New Zealand would be the literal best schedule for me. Holy shit, it's perfect. Yeah, it would be really good for I can that. wake up at 5 p.m., watch an entire day of TI just doing my work, and then go to bed and... The TI the day's done, I like that great. you're already assuming you're not there. <laughs> oh, I won't be there at that point. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's over, man. <laughs> I could be uh, at home and watch TI. It sounds great. <laughs> Did it for so many years. Uh, all right, let's do um, one more. Let's do one more. Okay. Sure. So next question comes from Guitar Strings. Recommends important flux from Han. What's something that triggers you about gamers these days? For me, it's when a person says they don't pay for games, only free games. Then they realize that they spent way more than a paid game. Another is when people say that single-player games are boring. So I didn't have an answer to this. I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, Cinderin. Okay, sure. I have uh, an answer. I have been getting triggered lately uh, from my game because a very small segment are complaining mm -hmm. it's pay-to-win. Okay? The reason this triggers me is because 
it is very obvious you don't know what pay to win means. If our gods that were quote unquote paid were objectively better than every other god, then yes, that is pay to win. Guess who had the best win rate in the entire game by far before this patch, Cinderin? That's right, a free god. Jamui. Who will remain nameless. No, Jamui's not free. Oh. So I think the I it's not just specifically for my game, but the idea of pay to win, it's mm -hmm. like it's mostly pay for convenience. Like that's really the yes. word you're looking for. Yep. And you're not at a disadvantage. Like we came out with two gods today that some people are saying, many people are saying are overpowered right now. Uh mm -hmm. they're free. So I think what the problem is is that Valve came out with Dota 2 that is a hundred percent free to play. That has never been done to my knowledge with any other game. Maybe, maybe that's not true. And that's of all, definitely not true. Of the big games, it was the first yeah. ever to do it. Mm -hmm. But guess what, Cinderin? They are a billion-dollar company that could risk it. Yep. They print money from Steam. The amount of money they make from the Battle Pass, you might as well wipe their Gabe's anus with it. Because that's how irrelevant it is compared to what Steam makes every year. So yep. I just, that triggers me. Complete bullshit. People are ignorant and stupid and dumb and morons. And go ahead, Cinderin. Right. Okay. So the thing that triggers <laughs> me about gamers these days is how impatient they are in general. I'm impatient. Um, I think just my experience as an older person now. I've, I'm I'm getting old. I'm Shannon. an elder. It's, we're getting there. I feel like over the last, and I'm going to use Dota as my main frame of reference here. I feel like over the last few years, people give up way faster or get frustrated way faster, get angry faster and let it out on other people and just make it a less enjoyable experience. And I think yep. this isn't just something that's in Dota. I think this is something that's like part of a bigger picture with just people's overall attention spans in games. Uh, that there's been a shift over the last five to ten years, uh, things need to go fast. There needs to be shit happening all the time. Uh, and the way game development has gone as well is in that direction where, um, yeah, there just needs to be, it, it kind of feels like there needs to be like this dopamine machine that just pumps all the time. Um, mm. And I think that's part of a bigger, I don't know if I want to say problem, because at the end of the day, it's just a change, right? And if that's what people want to play, then that's what they want to play. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's the overarching problem for me, that people are so impatient and get so angry when things don't go their way. That's annoying to have to deal with. Like, newsflash, you're playing a team game. Shit's going to go wrong. You're not always going to win. And sometimes games are going to be hard. And those are the games that are the coolest to win. Guess what? Coming back is fucking rewarding. Stop giving up when you're behind in your lane. Like, the thing you were saying about pay to win, where there's a perception from people of, you know, oh, I don't have this god, and I saw someone win with it, so it's the best, man. This game is so pay-to-win. I think this is like just a tangent on that. People's perception of when a game is over is so fucking off that it's funny. Like, mm. People will give up games that they have a 40% chance to win. Why? Why are you giving up? You win this game 40% of the time. Like, Is that not good enough for you? Do you have to have a positive chance to win to even want to play? Uh... I would fight for a game that you have 10% chance to win. If people want to play, if people don't want to play, okay, we can give up. But 
if there's one person who dies twice in their lane and starts yelling like it uh, don't get me started all right um i enjoy you raging my goodness yeah. it really feeds so, the soul young man yeah this game really brings out the worst in everyone doesn't it not but, grubby but yeah no ah uh, sure. don't uh, he's just he's warming up okay just give him time give him time. How, how long how long does he need you think that's a good question. I mean, the, the problem is here he's set an expectation, so now he kind of has to hold up the persona from stream. But guess what? When he goes offline at 3 a.m., he's like, thanks for watching, guys. I'm back tomorrow. He goes and queues a single player or a solo queue game, and he fucking flames the crap out of everyone. He lets out all of his pent-up frustration from the day. He lets it out on the poor Herald souls that he's facing. He lets it all out off stream oh god that's good could you imagine could you imagine like imagine this let's say you're one of the really raging players in pubs right even in like the high rank pubs where there's some people that are just insufferable imagine you're one of them and you sign a contract with an org and you have to stream and be pc the whole time five hours a day mm -hmm. how do you think those people are gonna handle it when they go offline on their stream Ooh, <laughs> my god i feel like their walls are just gonna be completely penetrated they're just going to be slamming through all of their like they won't have walls anymore they will have slammed holes everywhere yeah it's just like your war's uh oh wall behind them when he plays <laughs> definitely my some God. fists have gone through that thing uh okay i'm curious though do you do you share the same sentiment that games have gone in that direction or is that just like something i think no it's totally i don't know how much 100%. you play other games i feel like even something like exploration or traveling, like in games, going through areas to experience things at a slower pace, every game has fast travel, right? Like, it feels like you just need to go from A to B as quickly as possible and not really... This oh. isn't every game, okay? It's like more of a trend. I think if they give an option, that that's like good. This. Yeah. Uh, but generally, I would just say games and games more often than not uh, nowadays are very much about immediate payout and less so about yeah, like gradual I mean, development not so. to not to talk about stuff that i'm not even that educated on but tiktok mm -hmm. like yeah. it's just short attention span like youtube videos now they're starting to be more like tiktok like i i'm too old man i don't know I lock my games yeah. the way they used to come. Tell you what, we can uh, we can make our little own boomer lands and play Heroes Three. Oh yeah, I can't wait! What a godly game! All right, did that, you ever play that? No, Actually? here no? I've heard of it. Is that Heroes of Might and Magic? Yeah, Heroes of Might and Magic. No, definitely that's an RPG. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's an RPG now. Yeah, something like that. It's one of those. Right. It's one of yes. those kind of games. <laughs> Heroes of Might and Magic Three, my favorite RPG of all time. Okay, hold on. Now I gotta. Heroes <laughs> of Might and Magic genre. Okay, it's a turn-based fantasy-themed comp. I mean, it's RPG, basically. Okay, all right, uh, close enough. All right. let's say it's an RPG. Today, you all learned that that is an RPG. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, uh, buy our voice lines. Cinder and I have voice lines in the game that support us now. Yes. Don't buy the uh, the sticker thing because that's a waste of money. All right. Goodbye. Have a good one, everybody. Peace. Bye. We say Subscribe. And play ability. And buy our battle uh, voice lines.